Hey guys, and welcome to Lemons. Um, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that we haven't been here for a couple of weeks, and that's for a number of reasons. Um, and me and Beth, we're just finishing off the last of our uni assignments. Life's getting really busy. Um, I think it just kind of slipped both our minds, to be honest. Um, but then the whole George Floyd situation happened. And this sort of new wave of the Black Lives Matter movement has come along. And I've been doing my best in the community to be a part of that. Um, If you didn't know, I'm mixed race. My dad's black, my mum's white. And there's just been a lot of sort of internal conflict within me, you know, with all these sort of past traumas being brought up and feeling like I need to do something for the movement, but also that I am light-skinned and I'm mixed race and I also need to be using my platform to educate myself, to educate other people. So I decided to put together this um, episode kind of as a cathartic thing for myself, but also I just think that the most important thing we need to do in this time is to lift black voices into the spotlight because those are the people that we should be listening to right now. We need to put all our egos aside if you've fallen out with a black friend, black family member, whoever, they're going through it right now. And we just need to be there. And we're all, you know, we need to listen to them, really listen to them. So this episode isn't talking about the um, protest specifically. I might include some um, speeches that I heard at a protest right at the end, which depends how good the audio is, to be honest. But I was just before this all happened, I was doing some research into how are women of colour encouraged to join the film industry, because as a film student, that's sort of, that's been, like, my aim, like, representation, like, get more representation on our screens, um, but it's fucking difficult, it's really hard, um, especially when you, you know, I'll look around my classroom and it's just a sea of white guys, um, it's like, how do you get your points across to people that can't relate to you? Um, but I did do some interviews, and I'm going to play them for you now. Um, I hope you find them interesting. You should find them interesting. They're important discussions. Um, so thank you, and we'll probably be back next week with our normal stuff and things. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> the questions that you said uh what is your position in the film and tv industry so i am a student acting student and just about to embark on being a professional actor once i finish my degree in the next couple of weeks what interests you about film how did you get into it and why so i got into it through doing like drama at school and i really really fell in love with drama and then um I did a foundation course and we did a film module and then in my third year and second year we were able to do like a film module and I really got into it through that like wanting to do it for myself but also just watching it on screen and um, seeing people create beautiful stories is kind of how I got into it and why I want to do it so the sort of things I film so 
I'd say kind of real life stories. That's what I kind of like to film, get into real stories, films that have a meaning or a message or, you know, there's something to it. Is there a project that you're working on at the moment? Okay, so I'm working on a proposal as part of my university um, end of year project. We were supposed to put on a show, but basically um, the project is about two mixed race boys who are trying to find out their identity in the society that they live in today. And also the fact that they don't have a lot of people around them who look like them and just the exploration of that through movement. What drew me to the project was just, I wanna tell stories that are real, stories that are relevant, and stories that have meaning in today's society. Okay, so um, a few of my favorite filmmakers, Avery DuVernay, especially for her work on when they see us, that was a really impactful film. And she just does a lot of work that pioneers for change and brings like a really strong message. Then um, Martin Brest, who worked on Meet Joe Black. Um, my mom showed me that film when we were younger and it just has like, it's a beautiful message and it's really well thought out. And then Susan Johnson for the work she did into All the Boys. I love before just because who doesn't love a rom-com? <laughs> First time I heard about them. All the different stages. Um, Ava DuVernay, I only started really knowing about her um, when I saw When They See Us. Um, but now I'm a really huge fan of her work. Yes, I have noticed the lack of representation often on screen. That is one of the reasons that I actually wanted to get into film because I want people that look like me to know that they have, you know, someone to look up to. So my thoughts around it, I mean, it's not great that they aren't any people of color. Like it's frustrating, obviously. Um, yeah there is a huge lack of representation in like on screen and off screen and it is it 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 isn't good to see um do you think more poc are needed in the industry and why yes i do think more poc are needed in the industry because that will allow for a more integrated culture and for people with more diverse backgrounds to tell their stories as well and for more people to pioneer when it comes to the work that they're doing I think everyone needs to have the opportunity to at least tell their stories or have a chance to tell their stories um yeah how do you think POC should be encouraged to join the industry I think the best way for them to be encouraged is to see more people in the industry and to be taught and told that the industry is a place where they can thrive. I think that a lot of people of colour go into jobs that may seem higher paying because of 
you know, family, um, family telling them that they need to do that or because they want to support their family with a more high paying job. But also I think a lot of the time for people of colour, going into the arts doesn't really seem like a profitable job. So it might be, yes, through educating them at school, through people who are in the industry to just tell their stories and share more and for people of colour to actually see more people in the industry. I think that's a big influence. Um, yes, more diverse teaching would be a great way to see that people of colour can have high-paying jobs. Um, but in a lot of teaching situations, there aren't a lot of people of colour in high-paying positions. What are your thoughts and opinions on the term positive discrimination? Hmm. Um, it's a tough one because so many POC have been disadvantaged when it comes to the arts. So being able to have a job because of the way you look in some instances might be a positive. However, only getting a job because of the way you look isn't really, you know, a great way to feel like you've achieved something because you will question if you've achieved it because of the way you look or because of your talents. Um, but I know that, you know, in South Africa, they have something called B... I don't know, B... B, B oh, gosh. Anyways, in South Africa, they have... Um, something that enables people of colour to have a chance in certain jobs that they may have not been able to do because of apartheid. And in that way, it's positive because people who were enslaved were able to get jobs that they may have not before because of what happened. So in some ways, it might be seen as a positive Do you feel like your work has been impacted by your race in any way? Funding, promotion, training, themes? Um, I think my work, not always, but there is always a layer of I am <laughs> a black girl. And, you know, whether or not I audition for pieces that want that or not, that is always something that is there. Um, I don't think it's been negatively impacted in terms of funding or promotion. Um, I think for a lot of people, training might be hard because people who come from low income housing or people who are of a lower class, which a lot of people of colour are in, may not get the training or funding that they need to follow the careers in the arts that they would like. Where do you think the biggest problems lie within the industries in terms of lack of diversity on screen in schools, production companies? Um, probably all of them, I think. You know, on screen is becoming a lot better and there are a lot more people of colour who are being represented, which is good to see, but there's still a long ways to go. 
Um, in schools, I would say probably a lot. There needs to be a lot of encouragement for people of colour to go into the arts. Like, I was the only black girl who did drama in my final year of school. Um, there, there's only eight of us, eight people of colour on my course, which is really small. Um, so, yeah, in schools and in education, there are quite a lot of gaps. Production companies, I mean... I would love to see more people of colour in higher paying roles in production companies. How do you think it could be improved? Really through education, through seeing more people of colour on screen, um, having people who are in roles such as lecturers or people of power talk about the positive roles and opportunities in the on-screen community, the film community, um, and just, I guess, encouragement that if you are doing something you love and you're doing it well, you can get paid for that. But I also think, you know, some f people having to convince their families that this is the right thing to do can be really hard. So also from that angle, like people being encouraged from their families would have a big impact to improve more diversity on screen. Uh, apologies for the fan in the background, but this next interview is a little bit different from what you've just heard from Monique in that it includes both me and Alina, the interviewee, just having a casual discussion. We do um, talk about race, but we also just talk a bit about filmmaking in general. So hopefully you find it entertaining. So first of all, um, can you tell me a bit about like, obviously you're an actress, like tell me like what you do, what sort of student films and short films you've been involved in? Um, so yeah, I'm on the acting degree at Northampton and sometimes I help out with media students and they're usually doing their like, um, 48 hour film competitions. So I, d I haven't really helped in actual work, but like their side projects and stuff. Um, I've been in, I've been a voiceover for one and that was, it was called Sincerely Frank Webster. And I had one line right at the end. Um, <laughs> the other two people were Harry and Ollie. So there were two guys and they were the like main, Harry was the main guy, Ollie was the officer type person. And then at the end I just said voiceover and that was the first piece I did with them. Um, and then I did one called Five and that was quite fun to film because it was five kids uh, who sacrificed people um and and like I don't know why they do it I couldn't remember what they told us because they obviously thought of a backstory for it um but yeah so I was like the leader of that group and and we were all like proper like animated like children toddler type people and we were like we've got to kill him <laughs> um and yeah so 
we just ran around a forest for a whole day, which was very cold and very tiring. Um, and I think there was one other I did, but I can't really remember what it was. Oh, I've done um, a domestic abuse one with them as well. Okay. So it was, it was for a charity and um, they were making like a five minute short film and then little 30 second scenes. Um, and basically the five minute film was me and my friend James and it was a domestic, it was um, an abusive relationship and I was the victim and he was the, the abuser. abuser. The <laughs> and yeah, we did lots of scenes during that. Um, and then Louise and my friend Raph did like, um, they recreated the scenes, but they'd swap places. So Lou was the abuser and Raph was the victim. And, and yeah, that, that was a weird one to film because <laughs> actually like they were so unprepared. Like I don't, I can't really remember who, who asked them to do it or whether it was part of their uni work. But um, I was like, obviously I want to get involved because I want to get like more experience and stuff. Yeah. But they'd give us the script on the day, right? So I'd known nothing about what was going to happen. Um, and the guy Joel gave the script and me and James were sat there just flicking through it. There wasn't many lines at all, mm. but like some of the scenes were just, <laughs> it was really bad. I should have said something at the time, but I ended up telling the guy later that he just handed the script and there was a couple of normal scenes like a kiss here, a kiss there. And then there was a scene where he um, comes in drunk and I'm already in bed and he tries to have sex with me and I just... Um, I say no and mm. like he's he's wrestling me down and he ends up slapping me in the face and like I have to get out of that and then there's another scene where there was just a full-on sex scene like it was and, and you didn't know that until the day and I didn't know that until the day right because me and James were looking at it and I was like shit <laughs> and then James was like Ooh. but because we're like young actors wanting to get involved we were like yeah, yeah no, no, that's fine that's fine yeah, yeah. luckily I'd um for one of my assessments in second year we did a screen assessment and me and Harry went together and right at the beginning of the scene there's a bit of us having sex and it was like mm. literally like five seconds and then I get off and we do the rest of the scene so I mean I'd had practice <laughs> in the like least weird way possible so if I hadn't done that already yeah I would have been super uncomfortable yeah so <laughs> so we didn't know that until the day Gosh. but we had like two weekends of filming and they were the longest weekends of my fucking life <laughs> they they there was three of them the the guy who was directing and did all the like camera shots and whatever uh I ended up going on a date with this guy by the way and like <laughs> This was before I'd worked this weekend with him. So, but yeah, I ended up telling him off on the date being like, by the way, that was so not cool. You just handing the script over and being like, that's what you're doing. What you're doing. Like, yeah, that's uh, what... yeah, so that was a long tangent. But that's the kind of work I've done. <laughs> I mean, wow. I just have so many questions for this guy. Because like... Honestly, even if you just say you didn't have a full script ready, you should always know like if you're what your actors are going to be required to do. Because like mm -hmm. he doesn't know if maybe you've been a sexual abuse victim. 
or exactly like, exactly it's such a massive trigger and to not disclose that beforehand is like what what because we had a meeting before right and it was like an audition but they'd already picked us anyway so I was like I don't know why you're auditioning us I guess they just wanted to hear what we sounded like together um and they were like obviously it's a sexual abuse like domestic abuse yeah, yeah. film if you've got any concerns please come to us and I was like yeah no because I'd done a film with Kath and them lot about domestic abuse too with Evan oh, yeah, of course. and I was like I've got experience like they did that but mm. oh my god I was like you didn't actually say any of that you right. just said that it was going to be a bit you know we the, mm. the thing that we read for them wasn't something that they'd written they just got off the internet and they just wanted right. to hear how it sounded and all it was was like them have an argument which mm. is something that we do in acting a lot like there's argument yeah. scenes but yeah they hadn't said any of that <laughs> especially I mean I don't know what year these guys are in but I remember like in first year being so scared to like voice my opinions about things especially like in my film class I think there were five other girls and it was just like all white guys all creaming themselves over Blade Runner and things like that <laughs> like, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> And I've never even watched Blade Runner, but the amount of times I've heard it these past three years, I'm like, what the fuck is this film? <laughs> um, and yeah, you kind of, you do doubt yourself naturally, I think, as a female in any male leading industry. There's like a natural reaction to just be like, okay, you seem to know what you're talking about. I'll just leave you to it. But I've got to the stage now in third year where I just don't give a shit right like this is my opinion i'm gonna voice it um like because you've been doing the exact same work as everyone else so yeah. why should yours be any less that was a bit of a tangent but um, <laughs> yeah so obviously my question that i'm trying to sort of like find the answer to is mm. how how do we get more women of color in the film industry so obviously that's quite a broad term but like what do you what are your thoughts on that like do you think that it starts in education do you think we need more specific programs and opportunities um do you think that um sort of professional productions like like bbc and whatnot need to be actively searching for women of colour like what do you what do you think I think there's nothing wrong with um sticking it into education because obviously you're getting people from younger ages and if they're working from a younger age they get more experience in something and then they become successful in that um but I think yeah it, for me I remember watching stuff on tv so like if you want to get people more involved and think oh I can see myself doing that one day would be to get it into like BBC and mm -hmm. like kids shows and stuff like that because it's hard to strive for something that you can't see yeah and yeah. which is which is a little bit like because uh, obviously we have people in the industry that are of color like 
yeah, yeah. So there's obviously something that triggered their mindset to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to do that. Um, but because we grew up in March and I didn't really think of myself as Indian when I was growing up, yeah. I, that's how I think I saw myself. So like I would see people on TV and I'd be like, oh, I want to do what they do because, you know, we're kind of the same and, yeah. and whatever. But, if, but that's because I'm mixed race as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of get the best and worst of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, that's what I think. Cause, cause I used to, I never watched Bend It Like Beckham the whole way through, right? Mm. But I love that film because I was like, ah, that's, that's Indian people. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, I want to do something like that. And still to this day, I try to find scenes from that film that I could do, but I never find a good enough scene you know um from that where she's like i know how it feels because i'm irish or something i think i know what you mean but i can't remember i can't remember the exact wording but i always i see it pop up on twitter occasionally and it (laughs) cracks me up (laughs) she called me a packy but i guess you wouldn't understand what that feels like would you jess i'm irish course I'd understand what that feels like so so even now when because I'm doing my digital showcase Mm -hmm. um, because our actual showcase got cancelled yay Um, and I've been trying to find scenes where I could play an Indian character because Mm. I've realized that in my mixed race self they're probably going to see the Indian before they see the white because that's just what you see and that's not a problem because I like that now I didn't used to like that I'd be like no I'm just a white girl please just see me as a white girl um and (laughs) so I've been trying to find scenes but there's just no scenes Mm. it's like every Indian character that you see well not every give or take you know is usually the token character unless you're watching a film like Bend It Like Beckham where she's actually the main character um and they're just like stupid scenes and they just don't they don't even have a scene they have a Mm. line here and there like um but yeah because me and Liv were working together and she's got such a Kira Knightley face as well that I was like why can't we just do something from Bendit like Beckham but there's always a man or someone else in the scene (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I think it it would start with channels reaching out for people mm-hmm. and specifically reaching out because it's I don't really like saying positive discrimination because it's just such a weird thing to say but yeah. that's what it is that is what you it know, is you need to get those people so then other people are encouraged to do it not for you to look like you're diverse mm-hmm. like if the BBC were doing it yeah, yeah. Like, oh we've got too many white people at the moment let's, let's just, just get shuff- them yeah yeah but to actually encourage the younger generation yeah. and offer, and then, and then it comes to offering then things in schools mm-hmm. to, for them to be like, oh, now I want to do that. And, yeah. and I am able to do that because it's in school, you know? Yeah, I think it's such a, um, it is a vicious cycle because I feel like you could pick any point in that growing up, making the film, showing the film, watching the film, that kind of cycle yeah um and it you know it does kind of go back to that thing of tokenism and how the reason why 
sometimes these characters aren't fully fleshed out on screen is because the people behind the camera aren't people of colour. Yeah. Or they have, let's say, one person of colour on their team. And it is intimidating when you're the only person of colour in a production trying to voice your opinions and you're just getting all these sort of blank stares coming back at you. Yeah. Um, especially, like you said, when you're mixed race. And I, I, I've never thought about that before, but actually, yeah, being brought up in March in a predominantly white place with a family that is almost 100% white, <laughs> I've grown up in a very privileged way in that I mm. do feel my white side more than I feel my black side. And that's kind of, it's given me more confidence in a way, but um, sort of a false reality because people look at me the same and yeah. um but yeah so going back to like the yeah the education thing um i mean what sort of in your acting course are you shown um like specific films or are you told like go watch this tv show go watch this theater production um and what what would say like the top ones that come to mind are um i guess the thing is is that we don't get told to see films as such because we're a theater course predominantly we do screen uh, modules so and a lot of people on the course want to go into screen and which you know what annoys me about my course because first year is theater second year is a mix of both but third year is screening like and i'm like anyway (laughs) um we usually come into class with films that we've seen and then they go yeah no I've seen this one and it's very like and I like the way it's shot and things like that um but also because there's a theatre in Northampton we just go to see what's there so like it's never specifically oh you need to go see this because of this Mm -hmm. um but one of the shows that I really loved was um it's called the flying lovers of vitebsk and it was just two it was a man and a woman and then a a band and then they did the whole show and it was very movement based um Mm -hmm. but i saw that in first year i can't really remember what it was about but i just remember really enjoying it um but then i oh um for um our screen module in second year we had to do a presentation on a film and it could be one film, two film, three films, whatever. Um, so I was paired with the guy, this guy, Sammy, and he's black. And he was like, okay, can we do these films? And he chose Django Unchained and Selma. Okay. And I've seen Django Unchained and I was mm. like, yeah, love that film. Really into it. Um, and then I'd not seen Selma. So I watched that and I was like, you know what? This is really good. Um, and I really like the history films as well, because someone else did mm. one on 12 Years a Slave. Um, although I wasn't so into it because they started talking about about black heritage and none of them were black. So I was just like, because I'd been paired with someone black. I was yeah. like, you know what? Like, I want you to enjoy this as much it, as I am. Yeah, and it kind of validates what you're saying in a way. Yeah. Whereas when you have, yeah, just these like white kids preaching about it, it feels a bit less sincere. Exactly. And I'm thinking, I know it's just for this uni presentation, but because we had me and Sammy doing it, it was just like uh, people enjoyed what we said more Mm -hmm. because there was some understanding to it. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I'm not even saying that I understood it properly and that I even said anything because I was like, Sammy, I think you should talk about this because you have a lot more like knowledge on it. Mm. And like, I just think, you, and he was into it. He was like, yeah, I want to say it. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like he, he just, he just loves those films and I really like them mm. too. And I like them because of how much he liked them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not really, a lot of the time in class when we discuss, we talk about white guys in films. Mm. They go, oh yeah, I love this guy. I love it. like Jake Gyllenhaal or Heath Ledger or, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm like, yeah, I like these They're people good, too. But that's all we talk about because yeah. the people that are most vocal in our class are the white guys, like mm-hmm. always is. Um, I, compared to the rest of my year, I haven't seen very many films because I don't like sitting there watching them all on my own um but that's why I've told myself to watch all the Marvel films by the way Um, oh wow okay yeah I know so I (laughs) I watched Captain Marvel last night but I really wasn't into it like maybe it was just like the wrong time for me to sit there and watch it but yeah um, there's something about I want to watch it and I want to like it but there's something about Brie Larson's face (laughs) really pisses me off and I (laughs) I don't know what it is, but she, I just don't like her face. I'm so, I get what you mean. Some people just have that face. Not likeable. <laughs> and in the film as well, not that I'll give much away, but she's just, she's trying to be like the Saki superheroes. Like, mm. instead of just being who she needs to be. Yeah, yeah. And because... In the chronological order, it goes Captain America, Captain Marvel. I've only seen mm. Captain America. I've seen others, but like I've forgotten what they're about. Yeah. Um, so I only have knowledge of Captain America at this point. And he's a really <laughs> lovely superhero. And he's just like, oh, sorry. Um, but she was just so like, it, the, she came across so deadpan and so sarcastic mm. that, that it just wasn't interesting. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. there's there's a difference between. But anyway, we're on a yeah. tangent again. I know. <laughs> I said to my um, head of year the other week um, that I was getting pissed off with all the white people coming in. I didn't say it like that, but <laughs> he goes. To, I go to the office and I ask for something. He mm. goes, "Oh, how was the Q and A yesterday? Because we had a workshop day and the Q and A at the end, and um, someone from Hollyoaks came in and like." other like actors that are quite successful came in and there was two women and two guys on on the panel so okay there was women there um mm. but they were all white yeah um, yeah I was I can never ask the questions that I want to ask mm. never because there's never anyone of color that like, is yeah that's such a good point and that can be traced back throughout all education yeah like wow okay you just don't realize it yeah because like when we were younger we thought of ourselves as white and now I'm at uni and I'm embracing the other side Mm. I never get to ask because oh my god in third year they bring in so many people and I'm so glad for it like all these professionals out in the industry Mm. but genuinely there was one black guy right that has come in and he was head of an agency and he did not like me and he made that very clear and I was like because the thing is it was Fantastic. a white it, it was a black man so he had this issue with the women in the class with the women, yeah, I had yeah. no idea why and I was like 
bro you should know how it feels like yeah so that's what really pissed me off about that and I, I said to Owen I went to be honest I don't get to ask the questions that I want to because they were white and I'm not saying that I didn't like the people or I didn't want to ask some questions but mm. you, like do you see my point that like all the um tutors at uni as well were white like all yeah. of them were white yeah. um and he goes no I completely hear you like I guess the way I thought of it was having two women and two men and I didn't really think of it that way mm. so I'm glad you've said that and I'm like that's okay but just for like other years to come because this yeah. was right at the end of second term for me and um and yeah and he was and he gave me an email no he said he was gonna give me an email and then he never did so that annoyed me as well because mm -hmm. um because they brought in this asian woman to do the second year shakespeare shows but then obviously everything got cancelled because of lockdown yeah, yeah um so i'm kind of hoping i've kind of said to owen that like <laughs> my career hasn't even started but if you want me to come back like because i like to i would like to be that person for other yeah. people because i didn't have it Mm -hmm. and um I guess it's just it was difficult because yeah. I'm the only Asian in my year as well like we have three black people me mm. and then everyone else is white so wow. yeah I mean there's only 20 of us in our year we're like the smallest oh, okay. year um but then I'll talk about I can talk about the other years there's there's 40 in the year below me Okay. And I think there are three, four black people. There's another Asian girl. I can't, <laughs> yeah, this is the thing is that I can think of all the white people. Yeah. But none of the people of colour. Oh my God, I have so many just cringy stories. Um... So this year, just before we started making our films, my film tutor, Anne-Marie, um, she was like, yeah, so we do, she was like, when you're casting, she was like, ask yourself, do they have to be white? <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> it was like, because oh, looking at the films you made last year, we had no people of color and like that is true but a lot of the times and again it just goes back to this like whole where in the cycle do we pinpoint the problem because says <laughs> we have to choose from a white yeah so, exactly it's like it's just an ongoing problem and i think i mean i'm sidetracking here but that's something i've noticed is like going into the film course one of the reasons why i wanted to do it was because okay um i want to make the changes that I want to see on screen so the only way I'm going to do that is if I enter the industry but then you enter the industry you enter your education you realize oh this is really fucking difficult <laughs> because right. you're just in a room of people that don't share that same vision and it, when you're working as a group like you're kind of you know yeah your point just doesn't come across all the time no anyway um so we anyway i've always auditioned just for talent who suits the role best and we did the auditions for this film that we've just done and it's about um this girl who enters this like county lines drug trafficking gang 
and she's in a relationship with sort of the the top guy in the gang called Vic and but she's also got a friend called Toby in there and we just so happened to cast it that the best actors we had was this guy called Corey and this guy called Louie and they're both such sick actors Corey such a great actor like he just oh my god um and then we cast this girl Rosanna as as the as the main girl but obviously I didn't realize until Anne-Marie pointed out and I didn't see it as a problem but she was like well you've got to think that you've cast two black guys and this one white girl you don't want to make it seem like you've got two black guys against this white girl and then we kind of got into this whole debate of like well we just casted because they were the best yeah like we we're not trying to create that dynamic and then and then she said the thing that made me want to claw my fucking eyes out (laughs) she goes she goes yeah you have got to be careful about the stereotypes because you know I was working with some um, black actors the other week and they're lovely people. Stop uh, it. Stop oh it. Oh my God. Stop, Stop it. it. Why would you say that? Actually, I was sat there, me and um, <laughs> Xander were the only ones in our group who kind of clocked it. Yes. <laughs> on the conversation and I was just like, what? What, what? Oh, I hate but, that. But that's like the attitude that all our tutors have because they're all sort of like in their 40s, 50s. They've all kind of mm. been through the industry and now they're being told you need to make your productions more diverse, you need to encourage your students, you need to do this, you need to do that, which is good, but they don't necessarily know the right way to go about it. No. And even even with <laughs> even with like my dissertation. Um, I talked to my tutor Ruth about it and again she's lovely she's really cute but she's a white woman and you could tell just talking about it she felt so awkward and she didn't necessarily know the right things to say the right advice to give yeah just sorry that was a long tangent no but it like reminds me of casting for our stuff as well because uh, in second year you do a Shakespeare play mm. and they pick the plays before you get auditioned Right. so we got Othello and Taming of the Shrew right and Othello you just know who that person's going to be right because it's a black guy and, and I'm not saying right I'm not saying that I didn't deserve that role because I did my research and I, mm-hmm. I was like I'm going to research this before they try and give me that role because you know I don't want to end up in shit people still did make passive aggressive comments at me but like that came from black people in other years because they were like well well." um Mm. which is fine because I knew that there was going to be comments like that anyway because obviously I don't want to take something away from a culture that I know how it feels to be taken away from mine as well yeah um but the thing is is that I was kind of like I don't know why they picked Othello anyway because the people in our year that could have played Othello, no matter the gender, were me, this girl Rianne, Sammy and Raph. And the only obvious Othello was Raph because he was big, he was black, he's a guy. And everyone thought that and everyone was really pissed off because Raph wasn't like, he wasn't in less than half the time. He, he, he got away with shit, he mm. didn't do work, he never tried, right? 
So there was people that were really pissed off that we got Othello because they were like, because in the year above, there was a lot more black people and a lot of people, a lot of people that deserved that role. Yeah, yeah. And you've, you've got to be careful with that if you're going to give Othello to a year. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And I think people were glad I got it because the rest of them, Sammy does work hard, but he's a bit like Raph. He follows in Raph's footsteps. Like, mm-hmm. so he wasn't less than half the time and and he was quite small as well and and I'm not saying I'm not small because I am small but there's a there's a personality that I make up with yeah yeah people always say to me I forget how short you are because you're so fucking loud um um, and then Rianne again she didn't have that personality that came through but I just thought it was so silly of them to give our year Othello because there was just no like if if any okay there was two choices me or Raph you know and then I thought oh my god did I just get that role because I was the best person of colour yeah because it, everyone was like no Alina you got it because you're talented and you deserve the role and, and I was like yeah cast you because you're white Do you know exactly what I mean? like, yeah it's it sparks so many sort of internal debates because one yeah, it's good that they're giving some opportunities to people of colour, but there are only two choices. Mm-hmm. Why not give those opportunities to more people of colour? Yeah. Um, and then obviously, yeah, you got the role, which is great. They probably wouldn't have given it to you if you were shit. But then also, there were probably people that maybe auditioned just as well. Yeah. And your tipping factor was that you're a person of colour exactly and I, i'm not even convinced that they would have thought of me as an option right because they in the audition they ask who you want to be and i said the two main roles basically i said uh cat from taming of the shrew and othello because i was like bitch i want the main role gonna stop me. um but i think if i hadn't have said um Othello they wouldn't have even considered because they would be like it's a black guy yeah and then but I fought my kit and I went you know like I've read up on it and more could mean different things you could be from Spain you could be from here and Mm. I know there's different connotations but I think I would be a good role because I'm a strong person I'm this I'm that and I was really fighting my case and the same with Kat because she's really feisty I hate saying feisty for a girl but she she was and she was a bit of a stroppy person and I was like I see myself in that person but they gave me a fellow because I was a person of colour because I spoke to the director actually I didn't speak to him someone else spoke to him a couple of months later and they were asking about all our auditions and he was like I gave a fellow to Alina because she delivered the best audition and I was like are you sure about that did you though did you though (laughs) Because I know you're trying to come off like you're giving me a compliment because I know I did a really good audition. But, you know, I could have fit Kat just as easily. Yeah, yeah. So Just just be honest and acknowledge it. Yeah. Don't act like it's not there. And I think that's what pisses me off more is that when people try to say, I don't don't see colour. I don't see colour. I am colour blind. <laughs> Although I've got another story to tell you as well. Okay. Um, in third year, we did uh, Robin Hood. I'm not sure if you saw any of the pictures, but um, 
I play the villain, you know, classically, you know, kid show, villain, yeah. she's got it. <laughs> um, but we realised everyone else that was considered a bad guy was either me, a black person, or someone foreign. <laughs> like an international student and we were just like and like Leonor she got um made Marion so she was on the good side but the way the story right. was written the way the story was written is that she was my um niece so she was on our side but yeah. she like moved over to the good side <laughs> and I was sat there and I was going oh my god guys they've just I don't know if he's known he's done it yeah like he probably I, uh, I, I just sat there got to act and they were like no I'm sure it's but you know when they always go oh no you're thinking too much into it mm. and I'm like no I'm thinking no, the right but... amount into it yeah yeah <laughs> if if you've picked it up and you know it, th th that's enough you don't yeah, need cause the, yeah at first they would all go ooh and then they go oh, well I'm sure it's fine like, like and I'd be like well you noticed it too so yeah <laughs> You know, yeah so therefore it's something and again it's gonna feel like representation matters so much like for kids watching that even though it's just like a panto it's not that deep you know what I mean like we see that from such a young age and it just gets you know all those little bits of information that trickles right. in. um, and then so Harry played Robin Hood right and he got glandular fever halfway through so he wasn't allowed to perform nice. so we had to get an uh, understudy and Sammy ended mm. up playing Robin Hood so I was like okay the main guy the good guy is black now we're sorted <laughs> that's okay the kids will be like mm. Mm, yes balance, <laughs> balance. <laughs> when I when you think of like oh who are like the most monumental filmmakers in in the time it's been like Scorsese, Tarantino, like they're the big names you think of. Whereas, well, actually, when I've been doing research and it really annoys me, and I think it says something that I still can't remember their names. But like when you're researching like women of color in film, like there are still so many that made like monumental moments and like game-changing moments that just don't get talked like talked about it's yeah. always the same stuff and I think sometimes the reason why they do it is because they think oh you're probably most familiar with it because it's in pop culture and whatnot but it's still important to like show such a broad spectrum of yeah. the history of acting and history of film and stuff and that is yeah that's part of the pro problemo. Because I've been quite lucky, actually, because there was an opportunity in third year to direct one of, uh, like, we got split up into three groups, mm. and there was an opportunity to direct and to write and to just act. And I took the opportunity to direct because I was like, bro, I want to see how it is. And with my personality already, I thought I'd be really good at it. And I was really yeah. good at it, and I made a really good show. But, you know, there was three girls three guys um and the guys were less inclined to listen to me and the girls were less inclined to listen to me mm. because they thought they had some superiority over me as well like it's just it's yeah. not something they think about 
but people didn't listen to me unless I shout it you know Mm -hmm. and then they'd be like why are you shouting and I'm like well you lot aren't listening to me yeah and and I know it's a collaborative piece of work but at the end of the day I said that I would direct so I will make the decision making and I will do anything that I need to do um and then people started to respect me for it but that's only because I pushed and pushed and pushed a lot of people in that situation would just crawl up into a ball and let every everyone else do what they want to do so I, I this is the thing is that I always try and encourage as well because when people describe me they they always say like leader and like determined and shit like that mm-hmm. which it gets boring after a while because I'm like there's there is actually more to me than the fact that I have a good work ethic <laughs> you know like like everyone should just have yeah. a good work ethic um there's but, more to me than just being talented guys <laughs> honestly um but yeah so that's why I always try to encourage other people as well I think I'm just lucky because I've got an attitude that doesn't I like I don't blame the world do you know what I mean like I suck it up and then I do successful things because I want to be successful and I want other people to look up to me Mm -hmm. because I just I work hard for it so I just don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah 100 percent agreed um but then yeah but then on the other hand of that you can you can see how people do quite easily slip back into that oh i'll just take back seat yeah i think we've all we've all done that and like i said i don't do that so much anymore but during like first and second year definitely there are so many oh my god and also again it just goes back to that thing where you know i've pitched ideas to groups before um about you know stories about people of color about experiences and stuff like that and because nobody can relate to it like it just doesn't you know you always get the same ideas being picked it'd be like oh a rom-com about a couple and then all these other ideas kind of get pushed to the side and not saying that yeah the other things that get picked aren't good ideas it's just that there's no diversity in them and it's right exactly and that's I guess people feel bad as well because they don't want to then push their idea if their idea is already good yeah like so it's it's just a really tricky thing to like nail down and I realized even because I had to do a presentation for this to basically explain like what research I'm gonna do like where this is gonna take me all this stuff Mm -hmm. what I'm gonna get out of it and stuff like that And I just realised while I was writing it, I was like, this is just such a complex thing that Mm. even if you do pinpoint it to one specific area, like, because it's so deeply rooted, you have to look at all the other bits of context as well. Right. It's like tricky, 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 tricky. Um, But yeah, so, so you said that one of the things that probably would have, that you think would encourage people would be to have more representation at younger ages mm. yeah yeah um and agreed like I see that for sure like we grow up looking at screens and, and especially in this day and age now like yeah. there's literally not a screen but like there's always a screen in a person's house now from a young mm-hmm. age so. yeah so not that I agree with doing that but <laughs> that's the reality yeah but yeah, so 
Uh, I don't really got any more questions. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I've just been complaining about my life at uni, really, That's and how right. people talk to me. <laughs> in this room have colleagues and partners and friends from other races, sexes, religions. Show of hands. Well then you know they want to break bread with you, right? They like you? Well then this is their problem too. So when we're marching and protesting and posting about the Michael Brown Juniors and the Tatiana Jeffersons of the world, tell your friends to pull up. We were kings and queens. Sorry to say it, but the original kings and queens. I'm sorry, I'm trying not, but it's sometimes you have to just say it how it is. You have to actually say, what it is. I sh look at my hair now. It's curly. It's beautiful. I love my hair. <laughs> like, look, it, it, I made it short because I wanted it to look short today. Look, my hair's long. I have hair on my head. I can see loads of people here with beautiful afros and beautiful. My name is Benedetta Omondi. I'm the chair of Peterborough Racial Equality and also the chair of Black History Month. Many of you have seen me in Peterborough doing lots of events. I do the events to create the awareness that the Black Lives Matter, that we can do things also in Peterborough. And I thank everybody who's always supporting me, uh, supported me in this. I've got an accent. What's your problem? <laughs> right. We're here today united. United because of a universal conscience have been suffocating. The legs or the knees have been on our, on our necks. Still suffocating and crying, I can't breathe, nobody heard us. In our social health care, name it, we can't breathe. In our government offices, we can't breathe. You've been shouting and shouting it louder than that. You can't breathe. Murdered here, here. With no trial, no dates, let alone charges being brought before the justice system. When will the killings, not only in America, police brutality against us stop? Why is it nothing is 